Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp, and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart, and talented leaders, CEOs, and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I want to know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom, and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Happy Wednesday. Holy moly. Does it feel like quite a freaking Wednesday today? It's a lot going on. If you're here in the U.S., I know you feel me on that. If you're not in the U.S., Hello, and just know we have a really big day going on here uh, because we have a new president, which is quite exciting. Uh, but almost as exciting as that is our Wednesday coffee meeting, which is today. And we have an amazing guest that I am really excited about and really excited for you and I to learn from because she is a powerhouse, like powerhouse. And in addition to all of the awards she's won and things she's accomplished, what I think is so fascinating about Taylor Foxman is the way that she thinks about work. And if there's one thing I want you and I to get out of today with, it's I want us to steal the way that she thinks about things and apply it to our own life because we don't necessarily work in the industries that Taylor works in, but it doesn't mean that her ideas don't work in other ways. So we're just going to copy and paste them. So please help me if you haven't already in saying a big hi in the chat. One of these days I'm going to learn where the chat is. God, every time Shelby tells me, no, here's the chat. Uh, Say hi in the chat and help me in welcoming Taylor. Hi, lady. Oh, wait, I can't hear you. Can other people hear her? How about that? Does that work? No, I can hear you. Magic. Great day. How's it going? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We turned off the TV so we're not fully distracted, but it's obviously been quite a quite an exciting morning. It's been a morning. And so I, I feel like the excitement is just going to carry over to you and I. Totally. Couldn't agree more. I didn't, even, I didn't even really need caffeine this morning. I got to <laughs> say, because I popped out of bed like it's Christmas morning. Like, hello, Wednesday. I know. I, know. I don't know if you saw Chrissy Teigen had an Instagram this morning. She's in D.C., I believe. And she said she said she feels like it's Christmas morning, but she can't. She's in a bubble right in front of the Christmas tree. And I was like, that's so that's so good. <laughs> You're like, it's so true and so relatable. So relatable. Yeah. Like we're all there. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited you're joining today. And like I said, I gave a little bit of a preview. And as I always tell people, if you didn't do your homework before coming to the classroom, go and stalk Taylor um, on LinkedIn, drop the link so you can stalk her, you know, in your own time. But I feel like I'm so excited because you to me have been such a trailblazer in so many ways and have so many things to teach us about trailblazing. So what I don't think most people know right off the bat about you is that you have two jobs, which 
Some of us, it's a hard enough time to hold down one job. You have two jobs. Yeah. So can you tell us like what those two jobs are and how you go about doing two jobs at one time? <laughs> sure. Um, I always say by day. So by day, I'm vice president. I know you have to find, figure out what works for you. But uh, by day, I'm vice president. Um, I've had like five titles, I think, so far. But as right now, it's vice president of brand communications and events and experiences. Um, for a company called Parallel. And we are one of the fastest privately owned cannabis companies in the US. And then um, by night, I am a CEO and founder of a company called the Industry Collective, which is a virtually it's a global drink think tank of experts. Um, there are 40 experts all over the world, um, ranging from you know uh, beer cicerones to sommeliers to writers. Um, all of whom work together on projects. And um, additionally, we have a handful of clients as well in the beverage space. Um, but again, that's pretty expansive. So some are uh, VC investors that invest in craft beverage brands. Some are e-commerce platforms that focus on providing uh, craft brands to consumers online. And then just a few fun drink brands as well. So we have clients, we have experts, and kind of makes a fun, fun mix of people. Uh, and I feel like I, I will continue to harp on the industry collective because I find it fascinating, I, I have to say, because what you've basically done is you've collected humans, like most people collect Easter eggs, like you've collected human beings that are, like you said, sommeliers, or they own craft beer companies, or they're experts, like you've sort of created this community. And why I'm so fascinated about this concept is I have always told people that you have to collect humans in your life, hmm. like mentors and advisors and like trusted friends. And like, you have to have your like Avengers type squad yeah. around you. And obviously you've done that in a very professional way. You guys have like a logo and you know, you could start like a bike gang. Um, but you know, how did you start this? And like, were you always kind of gathering groups as like a young girl? And and then how did you decide to professionalize it with like a logo? And yeah, I mean, I think we're similar. I mean, we've talked a little bit before, obviously, this call. And I I do think that um, I'm a connector of sorts. So I've always been someone who just connects people and brings people together that makes sense, right? And um, I'm sure a lot of you are in the same boat. You know, you make those relationships and you create those inroads, not always necessarily for some betterment of yourself or for a certain reason, just because you know that these people, like I did that on the call with you, remember? I was like, I think you should meet my friend Amy. And so I've always been kind of this organic connector of people. And really just through my years of working in alcohol, just saw avoided the space, which was, you have all of these experts all over the world that work together, but there was no way to really connect them. And they had no kind of way to work together on projects or connect with one another in a kind of a cohesive way, nor were there a way for brands to work with these people. So I took kind of those connecting skills and uh, focused it on a void that I found in an industry that I love. And so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, obviously, like connecting comes naturally to you and something uh, and it comes naturally to me. And but if there's, you know, somebody joining us for coffee that maybe connecting is like not something that just comes naturally. What is some like connecting 101 basics that if someone isn't good at it or doesn't really know how that you would tell them? I love that question. I, I've done a few, I've talked a little bit in the past around what I call like relationship management. So 
I'll kind of answer it with saying, I think it falls under both of those umbrellas. So if you meet someone, I think virtually all of us would love to, you know, meet someone and feel that they genuinely want to talk with you and learn about you. And unfortunately, you don't really get that that often. There aren't that many people that when you talk to them, you're like, wow, they really just want to learn about my favorite foods because not a lot of people necessarily care or give a shit. So the biggest tip I could just give is to be genuine. And I've been genuine with all of my relationships in my life, my friends, you know, colleagues, mentors, professors. And I think there is something unique about, hey, yes, it's, it's a different skill set, I guess, to connect these people once you get to know them. But you can only connect them if you really understand their inner workings and get who they are. Um, and so I think it starts with really genuinely caring about people and learning about them and, you know, continuing to be in their life in ways that don't feel forced. People can read through that so quickly. And so once you've created that baseline of a friendship or a relationship, the connecting part kind of just follows suit because you, you know, these people so well in different contexts, you're like, Oh wait, I know this random person has, you know, a big, you know, wants to get into skateboarding, whatever. Like you would never know that if you just connected on the surface with that person. So, well, and I, I will sometimes say that I will set up time, like not a lot, maybe like 30 minutes once a month. And I will think about people to connect because sometimes, and and I'm guilty of this, I've posted notes. I look like Rain Man or something all over my office because a thought will come to me like, oh, Taylor and Jen should meet. But I'm yeah, but I'm like out. I don't know. I I don't think about it again. And then I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) There's a post-it note somewhere that Taylor and Jen should meet. Yeah. and then I, I try like once a month to take all my random notes that are everywhere in my Evernote and, and physical notes yeah. and actually do that. Yep. No, because, if, because if not, at 11 p.m., you would be getting a text from me with some other strange number being like, I think you should meet. And I just thought of it while watching TV. I love the thing. I think that's great. I mean, my husband will kill me because now he set up this beautiful office space with monitors and computers. And if I start post-it noting everywhere, that's but I think that's great. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, that's actually a good question slash point is like, how do you remember all the information? Um, One thing I do too, that may be helpful. um, I do like remembering. So some of the things over the years, people have, um, you know, when I have won some awards in some context, they'll say, you know, what was interesting about working with me or having me in their life was that they feel like I checked in on them during times that they didn't anticipate. And I think that that's also just something to consider. Um, You know, people always reach out when you have a baby or you get engaged or they find out something negative happens. But really, the real, true, genuine people shine when they contact you if you lose a job, if you break your foot, you know, if it's their birthday. And so I do sometimes save down, you know, if there's anniversaries that are important to me or my clients, I remember I saved down their birthdays or my friend, obviously my friend. Um, but just having that information saved somewhere, whether it's on a notepad or it's a sticky note, like it really does make such a difference. And I truly believe that you get where you go in life based on how you treat people and the relationships that you have. Like, 
Huge. Well, and I feel like you would be good at remembering things. I have this crazy concept that everyone in like the spirits industry is really good at remembering things because if you think about it, like a bartender always knows your favorite drink. Like if you go somewhere enough, they're like, oh, you want the Corona with the lime? Like they know you and you're like, oh. I come here too often. Like, how <laughs> you're like, um, so I feel like it, it makes sense that you like remember people and check in on them about things. And I love this question from David. Like, well, what, what would your favorite drink be? Like, what does someone know about you that you're like, yeah, that's my drink. Well, funny thing is like, no one really asked me that. That's a great question. Um, I, I'm a simple drinker because uh, in order to work in that industry, you actually have to drink the spirits neat initially, which was very hard when I worked for Jägermeister, for example, because drinking that neat was just not fun. Wait, why do you have to drink it neat? I never knew this. It's well, I mean, in theory, if you're going to be a representative of a brand or serve a brand at a bar, things like that, you have to be able to at least know what it tastes like prior to putting stuff in it. So yeah, I mean, we'll get it. I'm a purist, but most people don't really follow suit. But um, I love mezcal. I love smoky mezcal. I like scotch. So I love Lafroy, which is a smoky scotch. I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a little bit of things. Uh, mezcal, scotch. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pure, I'm a spirits purist. I love this because I, I've heard you on podcasts say that, you know, a lot of people have this misconception about the spirits industry that everyone's drinking. You know, everyone's staying out till four in the morning. It's one big party. And obviously it's not. The spirits industry is a billion dollar industry. Like it is very professional. Like people have jobs. People don't just sit around like drinking Manhattans all day. You know, it's not a Don Draper type situation. Well, no, that, that's the funniest part is that someone did ask me, you're right. Someone asked me about something like a typical night out for me, which is my favorite part because I've been in spirits for about 11 years now, 12 years professionally. And I don't go out. Like I, if I had my perfect night, it's watching, you know, I just started like watching like the flight attendant or whatever, watching, you know, a show on TV, ordering in food and still having drinks, but just in the luxury of my own house. So um, COVID has been ironically nice for someone who's externally very facing, but personally very much of an introvert. <laughs> well, you're, you're externally facing not only in your day job in the spirits industry, but again, your night job with the industry collective, also very community driven. And, you know, most people don't realize you're also part of other communities. You know, you're part of Chief, which is like a female only group and the Rolling Stone Culture Council. You know, so that's a lot of group time. It's a lot of group time. I also am on, um, I feel like you'd like this board, Kim, but I'm on a board for a nonprofit called Step Up, which is uh, focused on empowering young girls who are in low income cities across the US to get the same, to get virtually like free mentor and training from the board members and from people. So you meet with them, you know, a few times a month, obviously since COVID things have changed. Um, and you, you, you know, you talk about like how to fill out college applications and, you know, what to do in terms of looking for the right school and what degrees to focus on. And so, yeah, you're right. In very, in all contexts of my life, am I? And how do you find, like, how do you find all these different groups? Like if someone was like, wow, Taylor, like chief sounds amazing. Or like, like, how do you find all of them? Um, some, I mean, I have a few mentors and, um, through them, I think is a, is a primary outlet. Like I see some of the things I didn't really know a lot about boards 
um, until, you know, having talked to some more seasoned women, right? And I met them through the first nonprofit board that I was on. And, you know, they told me the pros and cons. And then I started looking into it more. And then I would kind of get a gut check around, well, I've looked into this board, or I'm interested in this group. And so I kind of just get gut checks from people that are either like directly in those types of things, or have a good kind of macro understanding of like the whole landscape. And they'll kind of like give me a yay or nay. Um, so yeah, so, and then some things I'm trying to think the, the nonprofit that I am part of was, um, a CEO, female, badass CEO of a PR agency. I never worked for her agency, but she's been a mentor of mine and she's on the board. And so she told me all about the organization and then I started volunteering. And then over time, I really just liked the girls and, you know, asked to be nominated for a board seat. So. Yeah, I feel like for me, I'm curious how other people find industry groups yeah. and if they're in them and like why or why not. But I would say for me, it's the same thing. It's hearing about it for through word of mouth yeah. or quite frankly, um, I get to clicking. <laughs> like, if, like if I go on someone's LinkedIn and something looks interesting, I'm like, mm, and I click yeah. And then all of a sudden, like three pages later, I'm on chief and I'm like, what's this? Yeah. So that, but I'm curious, like of other people, you know, what, how they, cause it is hard sometimes to like find your tribe. And also the other part that you, that, you know, you don't know is you don't really have a sense of anything until you join it too, which is something you have to think through. So if you're considering joining something and it's a big time obligation, or a big financial obligation, you have to make a bit of a guess, right? Like you have to decide, okay, I'm like, so for the board role that I'm in, I'm on that board for two years. So unless something really happens, or I, I ask for kind of a, I don't know, removal from the board, those are things that you actually have to, you're obligated to, you know, be on those calls, you know, participating things. So I would say the other part of that is just also looking at researching like you do, and then also talking to people that are in some of those communities, because they can tell you the pros and the cons. They'll say, look, it's really nice for these reasons. But to be honest, you know, I've been in this group for three years, and these are the big problems that I have with it, just so that you go in with like open eyes, you know? A hundred percent. Because what what's on the internet is not necessarily what happens in real life. Like as we all know, that's, right. that's all that matters, right? I mean, clearly. Um, okay. Before I ask my next question, I want to jump into this question from Michael, which is, I think, sort of an age old question, but you have to deal with it all the time. How do you? Do you want me to read it? I can read it. Yeah, like how do you how do you make you know when you're talking earlier about these genuine connections and really feeling like you connect with people and they know you and oh you got a baby or you lost a job or whatever, but also at the end of the day, like sometimes you have a product to sell, like oh. you gotta move the trunk or you gotta move, you know, whatever it is, widgets. Michael, this is a fantastic question. I wish more people asked this because I think, to be honest, I just joined Clubhouse, which I'm still not 100% sure if I'm into it. I know. Okay, I'll add. Okay, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go. But, you know, someone, Michael, to answer your question, someone actually was talking about this last night on Clubhouse. They're, um, they run an influencer marketing company. And they said, look, like, how do I, especially during COVID times, how do I 
get in front of people, show I'm genuine, show I'm interested. But at the end of the day, I'm actually trying to solicit business or bring in new talent. And it's a really good question. I How I approach it is I'm very honest. I mean, I've been fortunate, even though I was in the public relations space for a long, long time, I never really pitched anything. Um, I think they knew who I was and what I did and who I worked for. And if there were times that I actually directly had to ask them, you know, are you interested in buying this? Are you interested in covering this? I would, but that would be very few and far between in the rest of the other conversations that we would have. And so I think sometimes it's like you're saying something without saying something. You know, they know if every time they get together with me, I work for Patron. So am I pushing Patron? Ne not necessarily, but, but do they keep me and my brands and my products top of mind every time? And the more that you connect with that person, the higher that share of conversation is vis-a-vis -vis, vis -vis like competitors, et cetera. So I think if you have to also directly sell a product, my feedback or my tip would be just make sure that it, you're genuine in how you're going about it. Because if you wait until the end of a call or the end of a dinner, the end of a conversation, and you're about to get up and they're like, so by the way, um, just wondering, you want to buy my scotch? Buy, I always talk about alcohol. Be like, hey, you want to buy my book or something? It, it, it actually could really work not in, it could work um, against you really, because then they felt like they were able to get so close to you and understand you and you were a genuine person. And then you waited until the end to ask me, like, do I want to buy something? So I think it's just you finding a happy medium. I think the more honest, the more genuine you are, even at the beginning of the call, you could say, look, I have to get this out of the way. <laughs> I really want you to buy my book. I'm poor. I have no money. I cannot even afford this phone line that I have. And please buy my book. And then they're going to, you're going to get rip off the bandaid. It's going to get over with. And then they're either going to say yes or no. And they say, great, now let's move on. So how's your sister or, and things like that. So I think there's different, <laughs> there's different ways you can do it. I'm just giving you, I think what works, what has worked for me. I, and I think there's something, you know, like the devils and the details, like there is time for humor. Like, I think that's perfect. Like, let me rip the bandaid off. Like, it's a little funny. It's a little playful. Like, people get it. You're like, all right, you know, we're all here. We're all trying to figure this out. And I think that, sure. I don't think people use humor enough because I think they think it's like work and they have to be very like. I also think, I also think too, it, it bothers me more. I'll go on my perspective. I'm asked, I'm sure all of you and you, Kim, a hundred times a day are people reaching out to ask if I can help with the job or if I can connect them with this person. And as I said at the upfront of our discussion, like I love to do that. What I don't like, just given my, if I were to flip the cards, what I don't like is when it isn't clear that that's something, there's, a, there's an intent. Mm -hmm. And intention's like massive. People read intentions. And if, if I don't know that there's an intent, until it's you know down the road or until all of a sudden I'm like kind of like pulled out of nowhere it it um it that's something that is a pet peeve of mine just because just 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 be honest with your intent and maybe it's you're not going to get the answer that you necessarily want but at least you're not rubbing the person the wrong way by not being transparent you know a hundred percent I feel like yeah at the end of the day you have to you kind of have to lay it out on the table whether it's good or bad. No. We, we have to talk about this story that I heard that you said on a podcast that like my mouth just went over. Okay. Yeah. 
you're in the spirits industry for like 12 years, all good, happy, happy, great job, everything's happy. And then a mentor, who doesn't love a good mentor? I love him, you love him. Right. He's like, you should leave the comfort and happiness of this industry that you've made a name for yourself in and are all warm and fuzzy, know everybody, and jump to a completely different industry that you have never worked in before. Be, and, and you looked at that mentor and you're just like, definitely. Okay, <laughs> we need to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, it took a few months actually to make the decision to move over into cannabis. So I never, I, I would say, you know, I say in liquor, I drink the Kool-Aid. I didn't smoke the pot. I, I wasn't really into, you know, cannabis recreationally. And also in New York, um, it's medical only, meaning you have to have a medical cannabis card in order to use marijuana. So, um, yeah, so the story there is he, um, he's, his name is Lee, and he was the previous CMO of everything. He was a CMO of Foot Locker, Radio Shack, Patron, um, and now he is currently actually the CMO of a private, uh, private plane company called Wheels Up. And so he, um, he was never actually my direct boss. Um, I worked at an agency and there's a funny story there, but I was always in all over the world at different dispensary, dispensaries, at different distilleries, um, and, you know, vineyards, just given the work that I did. And, um, one of them being for Patron and I would always be in Guadalajara in Mexico where the compound is for the distillery. And, um, he was my boss's boss at the company itself in-house. So it's just a different relationship for those of you who may not know, like if you work at an agency, you're kind of client facing for the brand or the company. And so I didn't really have a direct relationship with him, but then we were in Mexico a lot and I'm a runner. And I just said to him, Hey, look, if you ever want to go running, uh, let me know. And he said, sure, meet me at six in the morning. And so we would start, we didn't do this every month, but we had a nice rapport. We would go running in like the agave fields in Mexico. And, um, you know, over the years, again, we just stayed in touch. Like when, you know, big things would happen in my life, you would reach out. When I saw things on his end, I would reach out. What does that do? That makes you stay top of mind for these people. And so eventually he left the alcohol industry and moved into cannabis and asked me to come and um, be the vice, first vice president of, at the time, I think my role was uh, brand communications and PR. So it was really scary. I didn't sleep for a few weeks. I was really nervous because I think like all of us, it feels like a lot of what we're tied to is our reputations, right? So going into like a totally nascent industry where I can't even have like a formal corporate card, like credit card. Um, you know, I do have one now, so we're moving in the right direction, but it was scary. And I think, I think it's not even as much like, wow, you're going into the wild, wild west of cannabis, but more so like, are you making the right decision? And how is this going to impact your career, your personal brand and all that stuff? So it was, um, I, I'll be honest, it wasn't really that easy for me to make that leap. And um, I just put the right kind of parameters and structure in place for me to feel like, look, if it works, great. And if not, 
it was something really cool that I tried and I get to tell my kids I worked in weed. So <laughs> I don't have any yet, but so when, when Lee, your mentor kind of throws this idea out to you and, and you mull it over for a couple of weeks or months, like what are like one or two or three things that you sort of asked yourself, like, as you thought about, should I take on this role? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say, volatility of it one is like how how volatile the job will be in terms of from a regulatory perspective in terms of my my life like is it going to be all over the map and to answer your question it is um it's kind of the beauty and the crazy part of this industry is everything changes so quickly that you have to be ready for that so one was like the volatility of the industry two was why am I doing this when I really, really enjoy the industry I'm in? And my answer to myself for that one, before I move on to the third point was, I really wanted to broaden my capabilities within my my particular expertise, which is communications, marketing, PR, events. And so if I can do it in some way in one industry, can I take those skills and make them applicable to a totally different industry? And that was the second part. And the third thought that I had was, what if it doesn't work? I don't know about you, but I think about that a lot. Yeah. I mean, and especially, you know, you you obviously trust Lee and very successful, like you said, CMO of Foot Locker, CMO of Patron, now he's over at Wheels Up. You know, for someone who obviously you're very talented, but it's hard. And I, and I love this question from Jeff of, of when you have somebody that's that accomplished, like Lee, yeah, and maybe you're like not as accomplished. Like, yeah. how do you provide value back and forth if you're kind of in the lower position? Yeah, yeah. you mean in terms of like my relationship with him, or yeah, or just like in general? Like, how did you think about it? Like, here's this successful dude that's accomplished <laughs> so much. Like, what am I going to say to him? Yeah, I don't think necessarily. I looked at it like that. I kind of just felt like we have similar, and you could use myself or you can, I know it was a more general question, but I think you just have to find the commonalities. And I think that is, you know, being driven, being willing to take leaps um, and then just kind of being there. And again, I don't know necessarily if I provide any of my mentors with any kind of day-to-day -day insights. I think that I do at times where maybe they don't have, you know, the same kind of hand on the pulse that I may have, or you may have or whomever. Um, but I actually think it's less around like, what do I provide them versus what they provide me? And more so like, what is the commonality that brings us together? And I think that's just, it's person to person versus, you know, more general response. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, I would say focus on the commonality. And I would say, at least this is my own answer. Um, cool, interesting things. Because like, I'm always in the business of cool, interesting things, but I don't necessarily always have the time right. or the capacity to yeah. go look for cool, interesting things. But I still learn all the time. I have an apprentice right now and she'll slack me and say, have you seen this new app? Have you seen this new plugin? And I'm like, no, <laughs> this looks amazing. Like, you know, you might not have time. So I would say that's another good one to kind of yeah consider. Totally. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I always think for anyone that I manage or anyone that I've ever mentored, like I think they provide a lot ongoing. And I think um, whether it's they're younger or they're in a different industry or they have a different point of view, like all of that helps make you a better leader. 
and a better person. So I couldn't agree more. I think that's totally fair. A hundred percent. And I'm curious when you think about whether it's cultivating a mentor or again, like other humans, like in the industry collective, were there any books or lessons that you kind of took learnings from? Like, I know a lot of people say, you know, how to win friends and influence people like great read. If you want to kind of get your squad, like, were there any books or, or things that you either studied or read or looked into? Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a few books. Um, I'm going to get, hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to get the one minute one. Hold on. We're live. See, you, we never edit this out. It's like if you're in the coffee shop and someone has to go pee. Now, now it's just you and me talking. No, I'm, here, I'm, here, I'm here. Okay, I have to actually get the cover of the book. Stop talking. Okay. okay. The Confidence Code. Confidence Code. Haven't read that one. Great book. Um, Confidence Code is good for women that are leaders. It's specifically around, it's called, they said, The Science and Art of Self-Assurance and What Women Should Know. I like that a lot. And then I also read... Um, I like Harvard Business Podcast, so HBR Podcast. Um, one of the best tips that I got from one of the podcasts recently was around the fact that if you're starting a business, and this isn't rocket science, but it's good just to you know continue to think through this and be reminded of this, um, don't work on trying to get all the clients all at the same time. You know what's way more important is the clients that you have liking you, referring you, and so, um, it's a very simplistic tip, but that tip actually has been really important so far in the development of the collective because nine, I think at this point, 80 or 90% of the business was via referrals of our current clients. So it saves you time not having to do a lot of new business pitching, but also it speaks volumes to the work that you're doing. So uh, word of mouth is the best type of referral you're ever going to get. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that one tip on the, I mean, this is obviously a great book, but I meant like, yeah, bigger takeaway was don't try to do everything at the same time or try to conquer everything all at the beginning. If anything, start very small, understand, get feedback from people, from clients, see what works, what doesn't work, and then scale up over time. Totally. I feel like for me, it's not, not only is it about starting small, but for me, when I think about motivating myself or going after goals, it's also like small treats and like small rewards that I hold like a carrot at the end of, of my stick. And I'm curious, you know, you and, and everybody else who's here, like what tips or tricks are you using to motivate yourself? Cause I mean, sometimes literally I think to myself, like, you can have a brownie at the end of the day if you do this one thing. Maybe that's sad. I don't know. Wait, I can't wait to see what everyone says. So yours is, I want to hear. So you said at the end of the day, maybe sometimes it's a treat. Like, like some sort of small and, 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 you know, it's like, okay, I really need to focus on this one goal. You know, sometimes I like lots of goals, but if I, you know, let's, focus on goal. let's, let's get it over the finish line. And after that, you know, you can, I don't know yourself a massage or I don't know, like I'll set these little goals and little rewards as I meet these goals for myself. Uh, by the way, first off, they're right. This is my Fox mug. This is my, this is my, do you see my cup, Kim? I just, we didn't talk about the cup, but go, go Jeffrey for that one. Um, I like all of these answers. Yeah. I mean, small impactful accomplishments are great. Gamify is awesome. Um, 
I, I'm a big dinner person. I know that sounds funny, but I like live for having dinner with my husband and having cocktails. So I just think about that. I'm like, how can I be as efficient with my day as I can mm. so that seven or eight o'clock at night, unless something crazy happens, which in cannabis and in alcohol it does. But by that time, that is my, I think about unwinding. I think about watching TV, making dinner, ordering food or something like that. Um, so for me, it's not as much like the actual, okay, I accomplished this. It's more holistically every day. Like you want to do as much as you can and be as you know effective as you can so that you can, whatever it is, right? You can relax, you can play games, you can read a book. Um, I think we're all, I think we all, hopefully a lot of us enjoy what we're doing, but I also think, I can't say everyone does, but I think that you're not human if you're not looking forward to some type of like satisfaction, regardless of what you do for work, so. No, I just feel like I need to be bribed and that's okay. No, I mean, I think it depends for everyone. It's different. You know, I think um, what frustrates me is when, and I face this a lot, and I think you and I talked about this without, you know, off, you know, just when we connected, but it's hard to find a break. It's hard to find, okay, things at the time when you're just like, yep, can close. I have two, I have two phones. I have two computers. I have two AirPods. My whole life is just tied up to all these things. So how do you really you know, how do you really find that time to disconnect, but also to provide yourself with some type of positive reinforcement? Because if you don't reinforce anything positively, you're just going to, you know, you're going to burn out because you're not going to have anything to look forward to, in my opinion. No, you definitely need to, you definitely need the positive reinforcement. And if there's one thing that I could do, if I could like get back in a time machine and go back to like when I first started as an entrepreneur at age 25, I was so focused on the next the next goal, the next accomplishment, the next win that like, I never celebrated. But now I celebrated for like five minutes. I'd be like, wee, and then like on. And I wish I could go back and get a time machine and be like, no, like you were just, you know, on the Forbes list, we're gonna have a party. Like we we are going to celebrate this moment as opposed to, okay, yeah, mm -hmm, like, Nice. Well, we do that. We actually have um, my husband is an advocate of this, and I think my my mom or someone else in our family does this too. But um, we always have like a bottle of champagne or something in the fridge to celebrate something. And there's always a moment to celebrate, right? And even if it's something small, like every new client I get, we always order our favorite takeout, and which is expensive for takeout because you usually go to the restaurant. But given COVID, we can't go, so we set up like the whole date night at our you know our apartment and make it like that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the I think the, the that's an interesting topic too of like being in the now because I was in a meeting for one of my groups that I'm in and they kind of got mad at me for not having a frustration. And I said, look, I have had a lot of things over the last year that have been extremely frustrating and hard on me, my family, but I feel very grateful right now. So I'm in the moment and everyone else was just going on about like, I wish I could be here. I wish I could be doing this. I'm not happy with this. And I said, I'm sorry, but... I kind of feel very grateful to to be here, to be okay. And it wasn't the answer that they wanted to hear. And I think that that in of itself is sad. I think that's really sad that you can't appreciate the positive things that are happening in your life. You just have to focus on the next thing or what isn't working and to not to not like just take a second and look at like how badass you are, what you're doing that that, you know, makes you happy. I think you're missing out a lot. 
I love this idea of you celebrate, like most people would think, oh, Taylor, I'm sure celebrates, like you've gone on PR weeks, 40 under 40, huge, yeah. like big thing to celebrate. But I'm, I'm so happy and like interested to hear, but you also celebrate like new clients. Yes. Like it's the big things and the small things. Yes. The big things and the small things. I mean, I think because at the end of the day, like you're going to just continue to chase things if you don't like what, what's the next thing? Like we, you and I have the fortune of having some nice awards. And so how many more are we going to like, what, like, do you know what I mean? Like if you don't do that, then you're kind of like, Oh, well, this award's good, but you know, really Kim's award that she got, or, you know, I make enough money, but that person, it's like, you're just never going to be satisfied, you know? So I think that's really important is to find that satisfaction of some sort. I love this concept that I heard you talk about, about creating your own good news and creating good news. Yes. Look, we have to dive into this because right. when you said this, I was like, oh, no one does this. No one thinks about things this way. How did you come up with this concept or like, like explain it maybe. And then yeah. how did you come up with it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not for me, it's, it, well, when I was a kid, I wanted, I wrote to the local TV station. This is a fun fact to tell them that the news that they have on is all negative. And I, for one resident of Linwood, New Jersey would like for them to put more positive news um, on the TV. It wasn't responded to. Um, no, I, it wasn't. It was like, you know, they were like, thanks for nothing. Um, no, I think, so it's just, actually, this was just something I, I implemented with some of my clients and with uh, my job in cannabis. But, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people, if you talk specifically around marketing PR for two seconds, but a lot of people pay a lot of money for agencies where they're waiting for a billboard or they're waiting to be in a story or they're waiting. You can kind of get that good news out right now. And you could say it in the way that you want through many channels. And now we have more types of communication channels than ever before. There's literally hundreds of channels. And, you know, whether it's getting out there and providing your voice or your thoughts or your good news on Clubhouse, on Reddit, if you like Reddit, on Facebook, if you want to create your own link, Medium, medium.com, create your own blog posts. Like there's so many ways to get out there. And so it's just a, a less expensive way for, you know, clients or companies that don't really have the money to spend as much on traditional advertising and maybe a whole team to get out there. Just use the channels that are available to you. Most of them are free, create content and create that news. And I think, I think it just takes away some of the uncertainty of waiting you know, for those opportunities to come your way. If you just create the messaging and push it out on different channels, you know, it's it just takes away a little bit of that uncertainty. And the other part about it too is it increases your share of conversation, your share of that pie. If people, you know, go and look online for, you know, uh, horror books, horror novels, whatever. But you're the main person then all across your channels, are you talking about the future of, you know, thriller novels or something, whatever. It doesn't really matter who it comes from. It's just a matter that you're owning that in different channels online. And I think it's just easier than ever before for people to do that themselves at a very, very low cost. So, well, and I think what sometimes is hard, and I can speak for myself, but you know, maybe other people agree. The idea sometimes of creating good news when it's about you, if you're like a consultant or you work at a company or whatever is hard because it's you as like a person. 
you know, when you sit down with some of your clients or, or used to like in the spirits industry and you're like, okay, we're going to pick the medium LinkedIn or Reddit or Facebook or whatever, what are one or two things like insider secrets from like, you know, a PR or marketing guru, like how are we going to talk about this good news or like how do we structure good news? Yeah, I think you just have to look at what your overall goals are first. Like, what are you looking, what are you trying to accomplish? And I think there's also, I call it audience back approach or audience back thinking, which is also thinking about, A, what are you looking, what, what's the goal of all this, right? Like, what are you looking to do on LinkedIn, on Reddit, on Instagram? Two is, who are those importers that you're looking to target? And I'm a huge proponent of the fact that we talk to people the way in which we think they want to hear from us like through, you know, through going on the today show or reading a magazine or look in reality, what I love to do is to actually understand from a communications perspective, what do these people want to hear from us? How often do they want to hear from us? Where are they? Like, are they really reading like Forbes magazine or are they on in the Facebook community, you know? And so for example, the bartender industry, we live and breathe by a, a Facebook, private Facebook community called Thirsty. And I know that that's like the funniest name for a group, but that's true. So if you're to spend all this time to get out there, to tell your message, to tell your good, you know, good vibes, whatever, and you're doing it somewhere else, you're totally missing where you could be talking to them. And it's probably less expensive than the work that you're doing. So I, I've done a few talks around this idea of like audience back thinking, because I always think I think we think more often we know what people want and how often they want to hear from us or, and until we really ask them and have tangible data, be like, okay, yeah, they like, they love LinkedIn. Okay. Then focus your efforts on LinkedIn, but just going kind of wide and mass without really understanding like what you're looking to do and who you're looking to target and the way in which they engage with content is in my mind, like a missed opportunity. Yeah, big missed opportunity. And I'm curious because you you know so much about content and structuring and PR. I often find like, you know, I have friends that, you know, if you work for a clothing brand and then you go into a store and touch it, it's like, oh, well, this cloth is like terrible. <laughs> but like for you, you know, because you work in PR and marketing, I'm always curious like what newsletters or podcasts that you listen to because I'm sure that your taste level is like you can look at a newsletter and be like, yeah, this is, you know, I can write 10 times better than this or like this is structured all wrong. Like what are what are the things that you actually are like, this is quality and I love listening to it or following it? It's a good question. I'd love to hear your answer too and everyone's because I think that's that's a I, I always like to hear new kind of forms of interesting content. Um, Podcast wise, I... Um, so I, a, I like audible. I listen to a lot of books. I'm starting to listen to more books on audible. So reading a lot that way, getting content that way. Um, I, from a newsletter, I like, I have two that I read two or three. I read every day. One is industry specific called Mark Brown. Um, this is the funniest story. So it's literally a man who worked in the bourbon industry, who's created the most coveted newsletter that goes out every morning at 4 p 4 a.m. I've been getting this literally for 12 years and it's literally just copy and pasted stories. And he has like, now he has an intern. So at least there's some help, but he is able to aggregate in a very, very no bullshit way. Like everything that's worth, you know, like how the New York times says like anything worth reading, 
or whatever, newspaper, worth whatever that phrase is. So yeah. they have for our industry, the aggregated by four in the morning, you get all the news about what's of value going on in wine, beer, and spirits. And literally you have to like email him to like get on the list. And it's like, so that's one. And not from a aesthetics copy content perspective, but it's just, it's every client, every brand I've worked with from Campari to Patron to absolute, it is the one thing and you can't pitch them. So you can't get into the newsletter. So you have to just be worthy enough through your announcement for them to find your news, for them to put it in their copy and paste it email. Um, and then the other one, I read, I read Morning Brew. I love Morning Brew. Um, I, they, they have a retail brew now as well, which I like. Um, and then there's one called uh, DTC Newsletter, Direct to Consumer. It's this guy, Eric, who does it. Um, so I love those newsletters. Um, podcasts, podcasts, um, I love, what do I, what do I listen to? I mean, I listen to the daily, I have a few other ones that I, I like a lot. Um, and then I love Apple news. I really, really love Apple news. And I bought, I bought the Apple news. I'll show you guys because you can do audio where there's a whole audio section. So now you can read, you can listen to the stories that are in the magazines, which is pretty cool. So that I, is pretty cool. I didn't realize they had that feature. Yeah, like last night I read a story in the New York Magazine called Can the Pizza Pusha Survive Pot Legalization? <laughs> like very, very important content that I'm reading on this. But no, it's cool. You can get a subscription just to end that question. You can, I think it's 12, nine or $10 a month. And you get all the print magazines in addition to on a daily basis, all the curated news. So you can say, look, I want to learn about politics, venture capital. And so the news is here. You can listen to it from an audio perspective and all the print magazines are available. So you just scroll through. Love that. Yeah. They should be hiring you for sales. <laughs> like I'm sold. You just sold me. <laughs> I like Apple news. I'm a big fan. I think it's uh, it's good. It's, I mean, I like, we're, you like magazines, you know, like, so to have a way to do it digitally now, I think is nice. A hundred percent. Okay. So I'm almost done with my tea, which means we're on to like the speed round questions. Oh God. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> do you want to sit? Do you want to have a sip of the Fox? Okay. On it. Okay. I love Flipboard too, by the way. Jeffrey's pointing on Flipboard. It's a good platform. That's a good one too. Good one. Um, what is the best thing that you have started using lately or doing lately that you are obsessed with? Could be like doing yoga in the morning or it could be using your Apple news, but like what is something that you've started doing lately that you're like, this is awesome? I really like Calm, Calm app. Um, so I have, I, I have a therapist, a lot of people do, and I have, um, that helped me a lot over the past year. Um, that's always on Thursdays. And then outside of that, I finally stuck with Calm. And Calm for me, um, if you use your American Express, you get a discount on the Calm. Now I should be, right? I should, I should start working for the company. Um, Calm, Calm's cool. Calm's great. You, um, you can do guided meditation. And then also you can, um, what I like to do is there's a breathing exercise. So if you're nervous, if you're stressed out, it makes you breathe in and out under their kind of like rhythm for a few minutes. And I feel like it totally changes your day. 
And you could do that with your headphones. So literally no one could know that you're doing that. It really helps. And it's really an inexpensive way to, you know, get some of that good juju and also just calm down. And, you know, I, I always, I think calm is a great, has been very helpful. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Now I feel like, okay, next question. I feel like you're always, again, connecting people, like giving to these groups that you're a part of that sometimes you forget about yourself. Yes. So what is something that you've actually given yourself in the last year yes. that you felt like was really powerful and, and you really were glad that you kind of gave yourself that? Yeah, I think twofold, like on a very like material basis, I've started just buying like for makeup and beauty and skincare. Like I started investing more in that stuff, which I never really did prior. And I know that's like a whole other piece of a discussion, but that's really expensive. It also takes a lot of time, but it's something that is unnecessary, but makes me feel good. So I like that. And I say, honestly, investing in yourself is, is taking the time. Like I've been able, I go at night on runs and I look up and I see the New York skyline and that really prioritizing that whatever time I'm, I'm not going to probably be able to do that tonight until like eight o'clock, but making time for me through running, um, which is free, but still a luxury. And then the other would be the therapy. As I said, I, it's expensive because it's out of pocket and I never really wanted to spend the money or spend the time. That's a, but that's something that I've prioritized to make me feel more at ease, make me feel like I have support outside of my family and my husband and my friends. And that was a, that was a financial obligation that has really changed my life. You know, now, mental health or coaching also, I, I think is so worth every penny oh, yeah. you could possibly spend, yeah. like hands down. Okay. What's something in 2021 that you're really hoping and maybe excited to learn? Ooh, I'd love to learn how to code. I've wanted Ooh. to learn how to code for so long. I know, but I code? Yeah. I, I swear to God, I feel like that's now I don't think you're going to have the time or uh, I'm sure also when I start doing it, I'm just going to give up round one. Um, maybe coding. My husband's German. I've tried over the years to learn some German through Dolingo, which is a really fun app. So I I'm con I'm not conversational yet. And I can I can understand some things that they're saying, but I still would like to, even though we live here now full time. He just moved here full-time in the spring. Um, I would like to learn German so I can like speak it because yeah. I think, you know, our family's there. That's a solid goal. It's a goal. That's a goal. It's probably more likely than the coding. I like <laughs> the idea of coding though. Super yeah. fun. Yeah. I always say like if I, there's a really cool organization called Girls Who Code. Yes. It's one of the coolest, not, I think it's nonprofit. I'm not sure. Um, that's just such a great skill to have, whether you're a girl or you're a boy growing up. Like I always said, I would have loved to have learned how to code and to golf because I feel like so many conversations happen on golf courses. And I, yeah, I just don't know how to golf, but that one I have no interest in learning. So. I have no interest. Um, what like other humans or maybe it's social media accounts light you up? I know you talked about Chrissy Teigen earlier, but what are some accounts or people that you kind of put in your digital atmosphere that just bring you joy? Oh God. I love 
so, I mean, well, I think like, I, I don't really have a particular person to be honest. I think like I'm an absorber of kind of all of it through different channels. I, I admire different people. I love uh, Sarah Blakely. I love, I love Michelle. I love Michelle Obama. I love a lot of different inspirational people. And I have many autobiographies. I love like Mick Jagger, Keith Richards. They're crazy, but I don't know. I like, I like following a lot of different people in different industries. Um, just because I think everyone provides a different perspective and a different story. So I don't have like a particular person or two. Um, I do love John Lennon legend. I think he's great. I've always loved John Lennon. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think there are just different people that kind of ongoing. I, I look at their content. I read what they're doing because I think they're inspiring, but just in very different ways. Like I would listen to, Oh, oh God, it was um, How Leaders Lead is another podcast I love, and Dave Novak. And he, like, for example, he interviewed Tom Brady, two-part interview. And I don't like football. I'm not a football consumer. But he's he's a really inspirational guy, and he's done really interesting things. So I like to listen and learn about different people and different stories. Um, and so he was someone where I wasn't necessarily looking to hear a football, you know, interview, but it was, it was cool to learn how he motivates himself. How does he succeed? You know, things like that. Um, because you can still make those lessons applicable to your own life, even if you're not in the same industries. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing with you. Which great, and I have to check out that podcast. So maybe that can be my homework. But if you could, if you could give us all a homework assignment, so me and Jen and Jeff and Kelly and Adrian, everybody who's here, if you could give us all one homework assignment of something that we should do this week, whether it's watch a certain TV show or go for a walk or I don't know, whatever it is, what homework assignment would you give us that you think will help us be like better humans? I, yeah, I think one cool, um, one cool practice I learned was thinking about, okay, this is an easy one to do. Thinking about your coffee, you're drinking coffee, you have your tea. You don't really take the time necessarily to be like, wow, that coffee tastes good or that cereal tastes good. So my one tip would be, it looks like I have to learn how to code in German by next week, by the way. Thank you all for, for the low key ask things. I'll, I'll report back when I'm able to code in German. Um, no, I would say, I would say just find one thing that you do on a day to day and stop for a second and actually appreciate it. And that could be anything that could be like when I'm going, when you're going for a walk, like listening to the birds or looking down and seeing the sand, or if you're holding a, you know, if you're having a cup of tea, like, wow, this tea is so good. Just find one thing this week that you can just focus on that you do in your life and just take a second to appreciate it. I love that. That is such amazing homework to leave us with. Okay. If people are like Taylor and her Fox mug are amazing. <laughs> How can we keep learning from her or connecting with her? Like what social media platforms are you on? Where should people keep learning from you and connect with you? Yeah. Well, thank you so much first for this opportunity. This is so fun. And you're all, and, and the group is so engaged and this is an awesome, awesome thing to have been part of. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. So my Instagram is just Taylor Foxman. I, Got it pretty early on. Um, if you want to learn about the Industry Collective, it's just the industrycollective.org. Um, cannabis company is liveparallel.com. And I think I think we could send some of the hyperlinks there. And yeah, I mean, if you just put Taylor Foxman in online, you'll find my Twitter, which is Taylor Shocks, and a few other platforms. So I'm 
very around. I'd love to liaise with all of you moving forward. And I, you know, it's been a really, really awesome experience. Oh, I love this. Well, Taylor, I'm sending a big cheers. Sure. For me and you, I got to get a better mug. Your mug is so cool. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming and joining us today. I so, so appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the time. All right. Bye, guys. Whew, that was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.